establishment has gotten in, they've gotten, they've seeped into everywhere. They're like this toxic yeah. cancer that's, that's stage four in everything. You know, it's in the FBI, it's in the CIA, it's in the universities, it's in big tech, it's in science, it's in medicine. It, it, you have this establishment view of the future everywhere. And it's in the Libertarian Party too. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's what's going to people that want to stay in power, you know, and it's everywhere. Absolutely. <laughs> hey y'all welcome back to the channel um so today i have a very special guest um somebody that i have immense respect for uh, my friend josie aka the redhead libertarian welcome hi sarah thank you for having me of course of course thank you for joining um so i think when we first get started here um you kind of have had become a almost a queen of controversy in the libertarian movement right um but i think at this point i don't want to dwell too much on like all the hate you've been getting and stuff like that um but if you just kind of want to address it real quick and then we can kind of just move on sure um i put up some boundaries and i you know i was experiencing stuff that i just didn't want to associate with anymore. So I put up some boundaries and we're all moving forward. And um, I feel good about the future and I feel good about the Liberty Movement moving forward with um, the parameters that I've set. And- Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. What is, I guess next, we'll just roll right into, into the Liberty Movement. Um, what is like your your view of the Liberty Movement right now? Cause I know you, you've told me before, you're not really into the libertarian party politics of it so how do you see politics in, in the liberty movement um well i'm i'm a ron paul libertarian is what i'm oh i'm a ron paul libertarian <laughs> <laughs> um so so i um yes i'm personal responsibility accountability uh property rights non-aggression and self-ownership are kind of my principles um you know then there's a a few things that like libertarians are are split on a lot of different um policies like borders abortions you know things like that yep. you know for me when it comes to like borders i believe borders are an extension of property rights and i also believe as long as there's a welfare state we can't have open borders you know so i feel like that's something we can maybe yeah. address sometime in the future but i believe that um borders are an extension of property rights um i also believe um, i'm um, I call myself pro-baby, not pro-life, like, because <laughs> um, pro-life has kind of a more of a stigma to it, but yeah, I'm pro-baby. I like babies. Um, I believe, you know, I, I believe in life, especially after I don't see a reason to abort after the first trimester, you know, so those kind of, and those are the same principles of Ron Paul. Ron Paul with abortion, he believed it was a uh, moral dilemma it should be unthinkable not illegal and i i believe that i believe we got to a point yep. where it was unthinkable then we wouldn't have to make it illegal because you just couldn't wrap your head around it actually somebody wrote jesus never talked about abortion you know i saw that was posted <laughs> the other day and i'm like well yeah because it was unthinkable yeah. no one was thinking about that you know so yeah. so i think if we get to a point like that i agree um very heavily in that as well because i am i would be pro baby as you say um but i have also conceded that um when it comes to being pro-life um social conservatives have to get really cool about like lgbt adoptions before we can even 
talk about dealing with the influx of children that might bring. I think a lot of that has to do with um, religion. And uh, I think, you know, religion should be separate from this. Um, A lot of people use the separation of church and state, even though that's not exactly what it means to explain this. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, this is something that should be separate. I definitely believe LGBTQ can, should be able to adopt babies. And I know a lot of Catholic charities, you know, there's a lot of adoption within the Christian community too, which is good. You know, just um, adoption should be, there should be a clear, easy road to adopt. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of the issue as well is adoption is incredibly difficult. Um, Expensive too. Yeah. It's very expensive. Um, It's one of those things like when I was in the army, I know. So the military though they don't pay for like ivf or anything like that but they do help with adoptions a little bit but it still takes a very long time um and a lot of and a lot of money and out of your pocket to be able to do that yeah and it's it's hard because they they say that they they do that to prevent child trafficking but that's like the foster system is where they got to really worry about how to prevent child trafficking within there because you know you just you just got to take a class and boom they give you a foster child you know like take a class give you an evaluation of your house and here you can have a kid and that's where there's I mean if you're going to drop even ten thousand dollars on a kid you're not going to be trafficking them but it's like you know fifty thousand dollars to adopt a kid it's it's insane so Absolutely. it's definitely making it more reasonable. I understand the parameters, but it's not always about money. Yeah. So um, what was your path to become a libertarian, I guess? Because um, I know we all have our, it's like our coming out stories, but how did you go to <laughs> go for, go to, into how did being I a libertarian? <laughs> <laughs> how did you get red-pilled? <laughs> so I never fit in anywhere. Um, and I'm in Massachusetts. So a lot of my friends are very left, very like, far as you can go um and then um a lot of my family is in the south so they're as far right as you can go and I just didn't fit anywhere um I was I was like impressionable during 9-11 I was uh I was I was in high school and you know that hit me differently and um had a boyfriend go serve immediately like he signed up and joined the military and um and it was, you know, so I was, I was like confused with all that stuff. Um, and nothing really felt right to me. Um, and I made it all the way to 2012 before discovering Ron Paul. It was kind of by accident. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, when this guy talked, I was like, that sounds like me, <laughs> you know, like, and so I started following him um, and uh, just kind of watching the things he would do watching his interviews and like he was he was the one that brought me into liberty um and I've just stuck with that ever since like a lot of people like they'll say Dave Smith for instance will bring him into liberty or Rothbard will bring him into liberty but then as they develop in their liberty um kind of ideals and their persona it starts to change and they're like oh well I you know have some qualms with this I've never left Ron Paul it's just always I've just always exactly to that yeah yeah, and that's, I mean, I have a very, very similar path too, um, mm-hmm. because I was a very big Ron Paul fan. Um, mm-hmm. At the time, I couldn't really get behind his foreign policy, and then I joined the military, and that changed my mind on a lot of things, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're, you're right. I, you're seeing a, a new generation of libertarian stuff with, you know, the Dave Smith coming in and, yeah. and, and a lot of these um, high profile, even Justin Amash is starting to pull some people into the party as well. So, yeah. um, but the party itself has its own issues, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've had issues with the party, actually, when I went on Timcast, I talked about it and I got a lot of crap for that, for, for dragging the party. And then, you know, two months later, the coup for um, the LPNH happened, you know, yep. and it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying not to follow that because I'm just not, it's not my business. Um, you know, I'm not a party person, but it's like, hey, you know, if, if only, if only some redhead went on a popular podcast and talked about <laughs> it you know like maybe y'all wouldn't have been surprised that there's corruption in the libertarian party yeah. just like there's corruption everywhere else the establishment has gotten in they've gotten they've seeped into everywhere they're like this toxic yeah. cancer that's that's stage four in everything you know it's in the fbi it's in the cia it's in the universities and big techs and science and medicine it, it, you have this establishment view of the future everywhere and it's in the libertarian party too and you know it's yep. it's what's going to people that want to stay in power you know and it's everywhere absolutely yeah mm-hmm. and i had literally just before a lot of this stuff happened i had ryan graham who is the chair of the libertarian party here in georgia on the channel oh. and we did a live stream yep. um, and i had just mentioned to him how the party seems to have gotten over the pr nightmare that was nick Sowork and his followers <laughs> that were in the system yeah. And then New Hampshire happens and you mm. start to realize that the current the chair that has just has already has just now resigned. He mm-hmm. was also kind of a star work person as well. He was very much in that same establishment, um, you know, mindset. Um, mm-hmm. So but it's interesting because after that, I do believe Ryan Graham is doing a lot of good here in Georgia. I also told him I'm not really a party person either. It kind of, yeah. in my opinion, goes against um you know, your libertarian ideals. Yep. But when the New Hampshire stuff happened, I actually joined the party. So I am now a mm-hmm. newly registered member of the Libertarian Party of Georgia because I believe Ryan's, I do believe Ryan is doing the right stuff down here in Georgia. He's working mm-hmm. with all the different caucuses and everything like that. Yep. But if I really want to make a difference inside of the party, I have to be in the party. So, yep. um, and that's why I decided to join and probably join the Mises caucus here pretty soon as well. If, if things keep going the way that they are. <laughs> my, my idea. So I'm going to get hate for this. I can feel it right now. <laughs> um, and I talked about a little bit, little bit on Olivia's show, I think. Um, but I believe there should be four parties, not three. Because oh, I've said one, that before too. Yeah, um, I believe the Democrats should be Democrat Party, a Socialist Party. God, hope they never get in, in power. But yeah. um, a Libertarian Party and a Republican Party, because the true spectrum is authoritarian, which is socialist, and libertarian, yeah. so authoritarian to libertarian. And then you have the Democrats and the Republicans, who, let's face it, are mostly made up of establishment people at this point. If we're going to have a Libertarian Party, I believe it can succeed, but we'll need a fourth party. That yeah. said, yeah, I believe um, the way to further liberty is to infiltrate the Republican Party, just like the Socialists yeah. infiltrated the Democratic Party. Yeah, and that's always been my way. Is if there, I mean, if there's a Libertarian Republican in mm-hmm. that that I have a chance to vote for, I would probably vote for them 
um, yeah. because they're more likely to win and they yeah. still hold my ideals, right? Yeah. Um, but I told Ryan, I actually told Ryan the exact same thing. I said, we, I think we need four parties. I, yeah. I would like Bernie and um, AOC to kind of go start their own party. And then we would actually have four competing parties, yeah. um, which I mean, you're, um, cause then you look at, you know, I, I released the video a couple of days ago about the political spectrum and mm -hmm. how everything kind of ties together. And I even said on there as well, the Democrats and the Republicans, the centrist or the centrist Republicans and the current or the modern liberals uh -huh. are not much different. They're almost the same. I mean, they are they so are. close together that they, they really have the same ideals, except for they are the two major parties. They're all about, you know, some form of welfare and the Republicans will act like they concede in it and the Democrats will act like they, they won on it. And they're both for the military industrial complex. It's, and, it's really and especially cor corporate welfare when it comes yeah. to, they're both very corporatist. Um, mm -hmm. And I think we saw that a lot, especially when like the voting bill, like the bill passed here in Georgia and all these companies <laughs> started, you know, leaving the state or, you know, doing stuff like, um, even just speaking out against it and then the state of georgia tried to cut the funding to places like coca-cola and home depot when they're when their people spoke out against it i'm like well so you're just going to hang this carrot as long as they're nice to you and then you're going to pull the funding if they disagree with you that's not how things should work i mean and then you look at even the pandemic where they closed down main street and amped up wall street yep. and that's that's what they did it was all the corporations were you know making these huge profits and a lot of people yep. were blaming capitalism for that. I'm like, that's not capitalism. Oh, no, no <laughs> this is the government interfering. Like with the dawn of capitalism, people realized, hey, you know, I can serve my fellow land, my fellow man, you know, with, with the dawn of corporatism and cronyism, they realized that they could pull the government in and the government could stop their fellow man from doing anything and they wouldn't be able to yeah. compete. That's, we're, we're, we're watching cronyism and corporatism happen right now. This is not capitalism. This is dirty. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. it goes along with just the $15 minimum wage. People don't realize, people don't see that having a $15 minimum wage because like Amazon and Walmart are pushing it. The reason why they're pushing it is because they, the only, they're the only ones that will survive a $15 minimum wage. Hike. They, yep. Yep. They're like, all right, well, if we have a $15 hike. It's going to close down all of our competition. And, yeah. you know, we're really not going to lose that much. We're going to, yeah, we're going to. Because gonna Amazon's gain. already doing it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. And if you think about it, like the socialists, you don't, you don't, they're not complaining at all. The Bernie bros. Oh no. No, not a word, not a word about it. Mm -hmm. No. And, and, and you know that they're not, dumb enough to 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 not understand what inflation is and see the inflation that's happening around them and everything right now right they're not that dumb we know this they're actually very smart they know how to get their way they're actually really good at a lot of things and they're a lot of they're good at shaping the narratives a lot of times yeah but back to what you said about four political parties i actually just recorded a video about an hour ago and it's gonna be released next tuesday and it's actually about the uh rank voting system or okay rank voting um as well as the star voting system mm -hmm. and both of those i think can also without a third party or without a fourth party i think those two systems which are kind of sweeping across the nation right now will absolutely change the way that the libertarian party is able to compete in some of these elections really because i think a lot of people will be able to vote their conscience 
with mm-hmm. their first choice and then they will vote their second choice would be the lesser of two evils right that's a good way to look at it yeah i haven't looked much into rank vote i live in mass so i just nothing matters here nothing matters yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like all right well you know i can i write in ron paul every single time i go to vote um you know like it's nothing matters right now so <laughs> yeah mass has to move a, like we're good with like state stuff um you know we have a republican governor who's a rhino but nevertheless we have a republican governor and you know god bless him he's the only reason that we didn't go the way of california and new york is because yeah. he was like all right i kind of got to get fiscally conservative if i'm in charge of boston right now and it worked you know even though i don't agree with a lot of the stuff that he, a lot of the stuff he does i i think that he did yeah okay during our pandemic because because <laughs> we didn't die you know like he didn't he didn't kill massachusetts so yay that's the yeah, bar was pretty low right <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then i mean just talking about like the pandemic and stuff too and we kind of shift the shift the conversation to to covid and and mm-hmm. some of the states i mean it's amazing to watch a little bit people jump right in behind you know like somebody like ron DeSantis who has done one good thing in his career and then the rest of his career has done nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So his he did great during the pandemic. And now people are like, I want him to rule America. I'd like him to keep him. Honestly, I want to keep him right in Florida where he is because the president doesn't have that much power. I mean, people yeah. think like he has all this power. He doesn't. Um, Congress has power. Like you watch that. You watched Congress stop like John, Donald Trump at every every move they stopped him and even if he made an executive order it goes to the scotus like there are checks and balances in the government if anybody yeah. has the most power it's the house of representatives yeah um yeah, you know absolutely. And with the senate and that's who has power so it's like all right you can put ron DeSantis there and he can do like for instance like even Rand paul i'd rather have rand in the senate than i would to have him as president he's yeah. never going to be president because he has no charisma but um you know that's just dishonest <laughs> the, the way that it is yeah, I mean, that's the same as Thomas Massey. I'd probably rather see him in the Senate than the House, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but um, that is where he is most effective because like exactly. you said, writing legislation, fighting for legislation to get passed in order to <laughs> shrink government is, like you said, it's a lot more important than than uh, than who is actually president. Exactly, and Thomas Massey's, he's like, I interviewed him uh, last year. It was amazing. He's just, he's exactly the type of person that, that you see on Twitter is who he is in real life and <laughs> just as wonderful as ever. Um, yeah. I, you know, I was blessed to like interview him and stuff, but he says things and he's not afraid to stir the pot, which I love. And he's, and he, he is, he will vote against things that are unpopular to vote against. That'll make him look like a horrible person, but they're principled. So yeah. he, you know, like he just voted against making Juneteenth a holiday. And I was like, Oh my God, you racist. Why would you do that? And he's like, I don't think the federal government should have, 11 days off yeah you know and I've stood by that it's like this is my principled stance and it's something to- to- totally arbitrary you know but he's yeah. just always principled and and that's, that's what I really appreciate about the libertarians in congress yeah yeah and that's what I I, I really do appreciate about somebody mm-hmm. like him um I, I especially the same as when he brought he forced the vote he forced the vote last year for the cares act forced mm-hmm. people Forced Congress forced to people actually to show come up to back to, wa- to Washington, yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of just trying to pass it through via 
you know, the heads of the two of the two uh, chambers. I mean, yeah, he, he needs to want a quorum. So the Constitution yeah. says there be a quorum in order to vote. So he's just like, I, I, I'm gonna uphold the Constitution. And everybody was like, yeah. you know, mad about it. But they all, you know, as many needed to show up would show up because they knew yeah. it was constitutional and they still would try to smear him for it, even though there was nothing they could do about it because it was written in the constitution and it would have taken a two thirds yeah. vote in all the states or two thirds vote in three fourths of the states to, to overturn it. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, anything. absolutely. And well, and that's the problem, like, cause I even saw heavily libertarian um, Republicans kind of saying, no, don't do this because that it's was when Donald, he, they didn't, they didn't want him to get Thomas or, uh, Justin Amash, basically, right? They didn't want Trump yeah. to smear him so bad because Trump was trying to. He was trying mm -hmm. to smear him for holding up the vote. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they didn't want him to get primaried and lose. But obviously we saw that Thomas, he's he's a lot stronger than what <laughs> he's he's loved in his state. So for what he yes. does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then his statement on COVID the other day was was brilliant the, well, I missed it. What did he when, say? oh well it was when the reporter asked him if he's been oh, vaccinated Thomas Massey, i'm sorry i thought we were talking oh. about justin amash i'm sorry yes i did see oh, that no. well first of all it's none of your business <laughs> it's none of your business mm -hmm. yep which, which i think it's great um though moving with that and moving into like vaccine passports and stuff like that mm. i think there's a lot of miscommunication on vaccine passports right now there's people are not really understanding what vaccine passports actually are yeah so so what how would you describe them so vaccine passports are literally just so you can't cross state lines right mm -hmm. so you can't cross state lines you can't go these these areas with mm -hmm. um without being vaccinated it's like yeah. it's like it's like actually traveling to another country and needing a passport whereas i see a lot of people even libertarians getting angry because businesses are asking them to be vaccinated um, mm -hmm. when they come into the store um which i believe is a business's right a as business a private state. company yep yeah absolutely and so people are saying that that is a vaccine passport that businesses are requiring and it's absolutely not mm -hmm. Nope, that's not a vaccine passport at all. Like if businesses want to do no. it, that's their right to do it. Um, Absolutely. Crossing state lines is a problem yep. because that is uh, a violation of the 14th Amendment. To uh, yeah. you're allowed. Yep, it's uh, yeah, you're allowed to go to any state you want, um, according to the 14th Amendment, and nobody can stop you. There's free travel between states. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's kind and of the point of being the united states right <laughs> yeah exactly and if you know if you want to go a step further in that um the libertarians you know don't block my movement is like the open borders thing right yeah which is a communist by the way i can get into that if you want but um <laughs> go ahead so yeah <laughs> so um so so if 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 libertarians are for vaccine passports Gosh, there's so many contradictions here. I don't even know where to start. So if they're for vaccine passports and they're just going to block travel between the states, you know, then it's like, where's the free movement, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And then another thing is, I talked about it on Timcast in real life, is um, Roe v. Wade made um, medical privacy a thing. 
Mm-hmm. So, so that's why, that's why, you know, abortion is legal is because you have the right to medical privacy. Vaccine passport would abolish your medical privacy. At the same time, um, vaccine, vaccine, there's a vaccine lottery right now and nobody's entered it. They just know that you yeah. got vaccinated and you're in it. The government is running that. The government has access yeah. to your health information because you're you got entered in this lottery so that's a HIPAA violation unless you signed a paper saying the government could enter you into the vaccine lottery you know or that the government yeah. has the right to your your vaccination records yeah you have to sign a release of your of your medical information to the government right now yeah. that is an absolute yeah that's an absolute violation of your, yeah. your right so, so it'd be a violation of HIPAA if um if the go- if uh, the doctors if the doctors were like, hey, you can take this information. So either you had to sign a release when you got shot <laughs> that says, hey, you know, sure, like have my information, government, or your doctor handed your information over. And that's how you're in this vaccine lottery. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and when you get vaccinated, you have to sign a paper, but usually that paper is a disclosure that you know the risks of the vaccine of the vaccine so it's not saying hey government you know take my information it's not like that Mm -hmm. yeah so 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 who knows who knows if they if they wrote that into the fine print or not though too yeah i i don't know i mean i mean it's not something you know it's no one's business if you're vaccinated or not yeah yeah which that's why when if somebody ever asks if i'm vaccinated i'm just going to ask them a personal medical question I'm, about themselves if, if people ask if people want to ask me if i'm vaccinated i'm happy to ask them if they're pregnant like that's well, I just what ask it feels it. like it's that's like the, right now oh yeah i just asked the if it's a woman ask the latest uh results of their last pap smear or if it's a man <laughs> ask about their uh latest colonoscopy or something There's you know just so many consequences <laughs> to so you know the precedent violates 14a the, we'd have a papers please society um everyone's medical history would have to be in some kind of database you know that's for a search violations like surpassing the patriot act yeah and, you know we all have this pure and innocent heart that the government just wants to do this for the greater good but you know there could be geotracking of citizens and you know putting it on your smartphone which is happening yeah i mean you know, just getting anytime government puts a list out it's just Mm -hmm. never a good idea ever anytime you're put onto a government list it's not a good idea which is why i think you talked about it before yeah yeah you talked about the reason why you i think on olivia when you were on with olivia you talked about not doing 23 and me because they are giving information to the government about your genealogy Yeah, I'm all set with that. So it's funny because when people are like, oh, like you think you're Indian because, you know, you did 23 in me. I'm like, oh, I think I'm Native American because I traced my ancestry and, yeah. you know, I pictures <laughs> of my, my great great grandmother, like, you know, like with her, with her beautiful Native American hair and a family picture, you know, like, I mean, it's like, it's there. I can see it with my own eyes. Like, no, I didn't take yeah. a test. <laughs> I have enough like <laughs> evidence without having to share it with the government you know but it's like they're gonna put our posts on list they're gonna sell that information because that's what the government does they put you on a list and they sell it and they sell it to highest bidder well and unfortunately right now um with technology and social Mm -hmm. media and everything like that i mean 
corporations are doing the exact same thing, mm-hmm. which, which is the hazard of using a lot of these internets and not disabling cookies and not using a VPN and everything like that, right? Yeah, I heard somebody say it and it was pretty, pretty bad. It was like, the government has privatized our free speech. The government has privatized each of our rights. And that's, and that's how they mm-hmm. did it with their, their cronyism and their corporatism. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like quid pro quo at this point, you know, like, okay, well, yeah. you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours, you know, like, um, yeah, well, and I, ca- I've called it money laundering. Um, okay. Because, hey, and this is one of my big things that I would, if, if I could change something tomorrow, um, uh-huh. and especially with our voting system, with the way that um, our financial, uh, pl- what is it, campaign finance reforms and stuff like that, it would be you get rid, like, corporations aren't allowed to donate to campaigns. And I don't, mm-hmm. because I think if corporate, because what's happening is, is corporations donate to a campaign and then get mm-hmm. kickbacks when that person gets elected. Whereas yeah. if corporations aren't allowed to donate to a campaign, what's the incentive for, for them to get that kickback if, if corporations are really bad, right? So I think- I mean, not even um, corporations at this point, there's dark money. There's a lot of dark money yeah. and it's coming, it's, it's, it's the dark money is coming for our rights at this point. You know, it's like, oh, like here's a free speech campaign. There's a bunch of dark money in it, you know? And there's no way to yeah. trace that stuff. And there should be, there should definitely be laws around that, but too many people benefited from it. There's too many dirty politicians. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, I mean, people are going to, people are going to watch this and go, Ooh, they're afraid of George Soros. But yes, yes. George Soros is an evil, we evil man. We should actually think more about uh, Larry Fink at this point. He's kind of, no one's really so? talking about oh, yeah. Actually, who is that? I don't, I, I've not heard that name. Oh, he's the, uh, was it Blackwater? Blackrock, whatever Blackrock is that what it is? They just bought up all the houses. So. All right. So you just look yes, at I did. Yep. Yeah. All right. So yep. So look up him. Just look his name. You'll find out he's this billionaire globalist who is buying up all the American houses. He has his hands in the climate change cookie jar. He has his hands in the economy cookie jar. He does pipelines. He he's kind he's everywhere. And he's this billionaire globalist that owns this company. And he's a dirty guy and he seems to be more of a threat than George Soros right now, but um, he's kind of under the radar. Okay. Mm-hmm. And kind of, yeah, cause that is, that's not a name that I've heard. I saw the, I saw block and probably was a post that you made the other day about probably, BlackRock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like something I do. <laughs> um, and it was in regards to the great reset, right? Because I have yeah. that on my list as well. So yeah. What exactly is the Great Reset for my audience? So the Great Reset is this plan that um, we should be um, totally, just trying to think of the best way to describe it without somebody going, actually. <laughs> um, so, so it's pretty much saying we should own nothing by 2030 and we'll be happy. It's like the whole punchline of it. Like you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Um, so the 2030 reset is saying that we need a new version of capitalism because capitalism is evil. So it's like an equity-based society. It's, it's communist. It's a world communist yeah. society and yeah. there's no way to escape it. We can't sail to another country, you know, like there's no way to escape it. And we're going to, this is going to start happening and we're going to start watching it happen around us because America has the most protections. You know, we all still have guns, you know, we all mm-hmm. still, we're all still protected. We still have states rights. You know, there's places like Florida is, 
the safest place to be, you know, when the great recess happens because in Texas too, because they're having, their governors are stepping up and saying, you are not interfering. And, um, yeah. you know, thank God, but we're going to start watching it happen, kind of crumbling around us um, at, in the next, you know, few years as it starts to try to try to, uh, try to creep toward America. But yeah. uh, we're the threat or why, you know, it's, it's um, and the thing is, somebody had said, if a reset happens, it has to turn back on again. You know, and it's whether or not that's going to happen is the question. Because they could reset yeah. us, but, you know, it might not turn back on the way that they want it to. So Yeah, exactly. So that's essentially what that is. Yeah, it's like, you know, no, they, they want to work towards no fossil fuels for the 2050 project. So they have a 2030 project, which is the Great Reset. But then they also have a 2050 project, which is, um, you know, a net zero fossil fuels, you know, net zero this, net zero that. Um, and that's actually Larry Fink talks a lot about that and some of this stuff is something to look into for the 2050 project. But yeah, so the great reset is creeping upon us. It, we will be the last for it to happen to if it happens because, because thank God our founders prepared us for this. I mean, they didn't prepare us for it to be global, but they prepared us for when it would happen. Yeah, and that's I'm talking to a pretty well-known Canadian on Wednesday, mm -hmm. and that was one of the things I, I want to mention is because what's happening in Canada, what happens around the world generally happens to the U.S., but it just takes a little bit longer because we are behind because we actually fight more for our individual freedoms than any other country in the world. Exactly. And the way that they've kind of, you know, with critical race theory and everything, and the critical race theory is a big deal. And the fact that, you know, it's a big deal is because the government's trying to downplay it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, just make it like, why didn't you want to teach about slavery? It's like, it has nothing to do with that. Um, yeah. It's it's communism, but it's it's using race instead of class. And yeah. I mean, they didn't even try to disguise it. All the tenants line up. It didn't even try. Yeah. It was It's lazy the way that it's yeah. written. Yeah. And, and on the critical race theory point, I would definitely <laughs> encourage my audience to go watch the interview that you did with Olivia, because that was absolutely you I mean it was it was great how you guys did it because you just took all the tenants and lined it up exactly how it lines up with communism and I think that was an important important video for people to go watch and thank you and the thing about CRT and things like that is that we're not meant to be able to explain it because they need ever-changing and impossible standards they need to always be moving the goalposts because a it makes us feel and look crazy B, you know, we're less likely to challenge it. And I mean, see, it's just, we can't, if we can't analyze something, we can't stop it. So, yeah. so it's important to grab what you can and look it over and look at it critically. Like in critical race theory is not what they say it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's repackaged communism and that's how they want to, you know, yeah. that's why they want to get into they want to get into schools and get it into the workplace and it's it's bad and it's un-american it teaches kids to hate themselves it teaches kids to hate their families and to hate their country and there's just no place for that in america yeah and, un and unfortunately right now we're seeing um people aren't coming together even on the language of how we should be fighting it um mm -hmm. i think um if you don't already um if you haven't watched Bo uh, carolyn borisenko or Carlin Borisenko lately, uh, she's been talking a lot about how critical race theory should not be labeled out there as anti-white, because mm -hmm. all that does is allows for white supremacists to come in and grab it, and then you're following white supremacist logic, yeah. whereas critical race theory is racist against everybody. It tells yeah. white people that you are the oppressors and you should feel bad, and it tells Black people and min other minorities 
that you are the oppressed and you can never not be oppressed. Yeah, exactly. And it, it teaches that um, white people benefited off of the Civil Rights Act and that they didn't because there is, because that gave them equality, it didn't give them equity. I'm like, well, yeah. equity comes second. You get your equality yeah. and now you, now you have to work your way there, you know? And a lot, I mean, we've got a lot of doctors and lawyers and there's a lot of successful black people, but they don't want to amplify that. In, in critical race theory because it, it hurts their cause because it's about communism. They really don't, they know they're successful people. They just, it hurts their cause. Yeah, because that's that's the thing is what you have to remember. Um, I actually, I think I wrote an article one time about the patriarchy um, and uh-huh. feminism and all these places right now that are seeking, hiring women just to hire women, like yeah. our vice president, for example, mm-hmm. um, because they're women or women of color, or anything like that, and not based on their qualifications, because Mm -hmm. we don't have, like you said, equity. But the Mm -hmm. thing about not having equity is because we're only two, three generations in, of course, you're not going to, you're not going to see a shift in leadership positions that are until about until a few generations. And that's what they want to push it now. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they're forcing the shift, which is bad and like there's there's a lot in the the founders knew about forcing shifts and why that would be bad too i mean part of it was like slavery for instance thomas jefferson uh wrote a clause to um abolish slavery in the original declaration of independence but he had to take it out because there were not enough supporters um we were not going to be a free country if he abolished slavery in that and uh we'd still be owned by england yeah we're not enough supporters or people i absolutely love that 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 you mentioned that too because then you mentioned it in olivia's uh, podcast as well because i was listening and i was like i was about to type it in the chat and i'm like it was in the it was in the original declaration of independence but yes in order to get every state to sign on because it had to be unanimous consent to um send the declaration um they had to have every state and not every state wanted to do so but and then it was illegal for somebody like thomas jefferson to you know, get rid of his slaves until after he died. Um, And him and Washington both wanted to do that. It's obvious as soon as Martha Washington died, his his slaves were freed. Yep. Um, And it wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even that. So slavery is largely systemic and it was not supposed to end. The laws written in there were written by slave owners who didn't want it to end because it benefited them. So Mm -hmm. there were a lot of things like um, even... So for instance, um, the founders knew slavery was a simple practice and it had to end and they had to deal with the cognitive dissonance of knowing that they did it and it was okay, it was legal even though they hated it, you know, but they did it. It's kind of like how abortion is now with like it's legal and people might totally abhor it but feel like it's their choice, you know, and they can do it because it's legal. And I believe that the language is the same uh, property rights um, for abortion as it was for slavery, in my opinion. Um, but the founders abhorred it. And so all that they could do was stop it piece by piece by piece. So the first thing that they did was, you know, they, they did the declaration, they had to take it out because there wasn't enough support. They weren't going to win the war if they had it in there because there weren't, nobody wanted to back that at the time. It was really, it was like right now, like uh, abolishing abortion. No one's going to back it. You're not going to get enough support for that. Yeah. So it's and it that- wasn't nice language. It was calling the king. Um, it, it actually took a direct shot at the king of England very mm-hmm. harshly for 
his support of slavery. Yep. Yeah. And he, King George was, he was a tyrant. Um, yeah. So the, the only thing that they could do was they wrote it into the, they put a moratorium on it, on the slave trade. Um, and that was the best thing they could do. They're like, all right, this is a new country, moratorium on the slave trade, 20 years, we're going to abolish it. And the first day Thomas Jefferson was able to abolish it. And that was the constitutional convention when they were talking about this. So that was 1782. Mm -hmm. um, the first day Thomas Jefferson was legally able to do that, he abolished it. He abolished no slaves in or out. Like he yeah. got rid of it. And I, even before that, there were like Vermont abolished slavery, you know, so the, so they knew they had the state's rights and the states were abolishing, abolishing, abolishing slavery one by one by one because it was disgusting and they knew it had to happen gradually. It had to happen on a small term. And, you know, we're approaching the Civil War now and there's still, you know, a handful of states that had not abolished it. And that's when the Revolutionary War had to start. Or, sorry, yeah. the Civil War had to start. <laughs> the Civil War. I mean, Civil it was War. the Revolutionary War for the South, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> Yeah. So, and but then you you're right. And that's, but that's the way that you, yeah. And so to hear people say that this country was founded on the backs of slaves is it, it disgusts me in a lot of ways because it's just, people don't understand how history had to be written um, and how they had, how the founders actually had to, like you said, abolish slavery in those, yeah, that piece by piece. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. in today's day and age, we are seeing the opposite happen, whereas we are going to more and more towards communism, like we were mm -hmm. talking about with the Great Reset and everything like that. It's building and building and building, um, going the other direction and growing government. And, and yeah, and like I feel like it's happening so fast right now. And it is because I've said like Donald Trump wasn't supposed to happen. This was all supposed yep. to get the ball rolling with Hillary Clinton. And she didn't happen. And that's why there was so much chaos because she really... Donald Trump was not supposed to happen and he happened. Um, so, so if you feel like everything is going in fast forward right now, it's because it is it's because we were trying yeah. to make up four years. Um, you know, and that's, that's why like there's new laws written, even though they're not going to go anywhere in the house every day that are related to the great reset, you know, abolishing guns and, mm -hmm. um, you know, abolishing different amendments. And there's, there's, uh, I think three things that they put right in to um there there's three bills that they wrote right away like within the first month of joe biden that all would have took on a constitutional amendment um to to make happen you know there, yeah. there's nobody's in there respecting the constitution right now it's just trying to get rid of it as fast yeah. as they can mm -hmm. which fortunately we and and that is why they are so hell-bent on um expanding the court because they know mm -hmm. right now they don't have a court that will allow them to pass any is the things as well only thing that is keeping us safe um from this happening and yeah. there's there's not really a check or a balance that the supreme court can do is rule what they're doing unconstitutional but there's precedent because they've expanded the court in the past so mm -hmm. they they could they could figure out a way to do that i'm sure you know we got a lot of smart judges on there but even ruth bader ginsburg was against packing the court it yeah you know it's completely unconstitutional yeah and thankfully we have at least two based democrats in congress and uh mansion and and cinema who mm -hmm. are every day fighting the filibuster which is incredible to watch because mm -hmm. it's not often that you see that from the left in yes. general yeah. And I mean, and the thing is, they know they have the power. They're the most powerful people in the Senate. They're more powerful than Kamala Harris. Um, yep. Because if 
nobody's going to primary. They're not going to get anybody to primary Joe Manchin. No, no, no. Cinema, they could try, but she's too well loved. But Joe Manchin, if they get it, if they get a Democrat out of there, they'll never get one back in again. And they know that. Yeah, that's that's kind of the same as Cinema's Mm -hmm. um, because she took on John McCain's seat. Yeah. So she's in a very purple district um Mm -hmm. so they can't put somebody in that's not as well they can't put Mm -hmm. a they can't put an aoc in that position these people are literally fighting for their constituents you know this is like they had to they had to like vote for impeachment and stuff like that they had to toe the party line on certain things but when it comes to the filibuster when it comes to guns they they're they gotta they're voting in favor of their constituents which is good absolutely yeah, they would I agree. That's what they're supposed to do. Yep. Yeah, they, that's that's what they need to do. It's again, it's 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 the, the same as what we were talking about with uh with Thomas Massey. They are mm-hmm. able. That's how. No, you can't get. I mean, a primary challenge is not going to get is not going to get very far in those districts, which is which is good. I mean, mm-hmm. it's good to see again based um, Democrats because you you hardly ever see that. I mean, you hardly ever see base conservatives too we saw that a lot with donald trump they weren't very based either they were all as long as it was them passing these large spending bills it was okay yeah which is really that pushed me even further away from the republican party as well because when you start to watch like as Mm -hmm. somebody who was part of the tea party and everything like that i watched these big spending bills and think people like ted cruz and uh dan crenshaw were were great at the time and then when trump gets into office they completely go go the opposite of their values and and Mm -hmm. and really makes you just hate politicians even more (laughs) i know it's frustrating to watch that um i think Rand paul only went against his values once and it was because donald trump asked him to and it was like they had this meeting about it and stuff and it was for voting for a spending bill and the spending bill was going to pass anyway all that Rand paul could yeah. do was filibuster it and yeah. it, it was going to get voted down and you know there was going to be a waste of time so he just went with it but that was the only time i think he's ever gone against his his values was for that investing yeah. i think it was the omnibus um, yeah and unfortunately he gets he gets a lot of hate from libertarians for that and it's like yeah. well libertarians are finicky anyways because one small misstep and they want to they want to cast want, you out they right burn you at the stake exactly you know it's like all right well yeah this is, this is where minarchists are like all right what do we do you know yeah i mean i thought george jorgensen was a great campaign was a great she wasn't a great campaigner, but she was a great candidate in terms of values. And she just had a couple slip ups, but it's mostly, yeah, the anarchists that want to, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll jump ship and they won't vote or and that's, it's one of the reasons why there can be no traction in the, in the libertarian party as well. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I write in Ron, uh, Ron Paul for everything. I mean, the only person I might, I might vote for if you were on the ticket would be like Thomas Massey. You know, yeah. like, I mean, I really have to find somebody with those values before, but I was seeing too much CRT coming out of Joe Jorgensen for me too, because I know what I knew what that was and I knew what it was going to lead to. And I knew it was um, bad and I knew it was yeah. going to get worse. And she was, you know, actively anti-racist is actively yeah. pro-communist. And, yeah. and I, was yeah, like, I, could, yeah. I couldn't find it. So, yeah. um, you know, I had to, I just definitely like couldn't endorse her, like, didn't like her for that that was a big deal to me that she was she was on those talking points even if she didn't 
understand them. I yeah, understood. I, I think it was more somebody writing her tweets. Um, and yeah, yeah. And, and that was well, it. Yeah, it was. Though she also didn't have, I asked her point blank at a, about what she would do about Antifa and stuff like that. And she really didn't even, she, she, she said something like what I'm doing right now. And I really didn't understand what that meant. I'm like, that's not even an answer. So those are answers you need to be prepared. You know, you need to be able able to say what you're going to do, what you're going to do. They worry about stirring the pot with the left, but not with the right. And I I noticed that they like, they were scared of the left. Um, That's what the LP, that's what, that's what it was starting to look like to me. And I did want anything to do with that like i want to i want to you know i wanted to ask donald trump why we were in yemen you know i had issues with yeah. tariffs and they 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 have issues with that stuff too but they wouldn't take issue with um with anything that was happening in the establishment yeah. left and that that was that was red flag yeah i can absolutely mm-hmm. see that i yeah um let me see so what do, what do you think is going to happen here coming up in the midterms and then uh, 2024? So for the Libertarian Party or for everybody? Just everything in, in, in terms of overall. I am terrified because we already have so much crap happening right now because we're in fast forward to catch up with this great reset and confuse everybody and like have mm-hmm. no one know what they're fighting for because it's easier to like to move forward a bill than it is to like to 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 challenge the bill you know like in scotus and stuff those courts take years you know so they can pass something and have and then pass something to make it so you can't you know do anything about it um we're going to likely get the house back and keep the senate because that's just the history of what happens um when there's a democratic president um and and um when the president was elected it happened the way it was supposed to like, you know, the, the Senate flipped and oh, honestly, yeah. this, I have issues with this election. I can't even really talk about this election because I have <laughs> issues that I'm not allowed to talk about with it, but um, you know, we're not stupid. <laughs> we're not yeah. stupid. I can leave it at that. Um, but for instance, Donald Trump, like, you know, he got in and then for two years, they held the house and the Senate and there's an ebb and flow with who holds the house and the Senate. And it's, it's consistent. Um, as long as there's no corruption and there's, um, no stopping counts in the middle of the night and there's no suitcases and there's, um, you know, everything is perfectly legal. Then, uh, the Republicans should get back the house and the Senate just by the ebb and flow of what happens in the past. Um, which I'd rather them do because I think they're spineless cowards, but I also think that they don't do damage when they're, for the most part, like the Democrats do a lot of damage, but the oh, Republicans yeah. just don't do anything. I'd rather people useless not doing anything than causing damage. So I was um, just talking to somebody in on Clubhouse about that as well, mm-hmm. where they were talking about ending the filibuster. And I'm like, yeah. no, the filibuster is good because as a libertarian. I don't mm-hmm. want them to get anything done. I'd rather them just sit up there and do nothing. No, they need to have that tension. They need to have yeah. the tension between Congress and the tension between, there should always be this tension uh, and it should be mm-hmm. between Congress, like the House and the Senate should always have a tension between them. There should always be a tension between the Senate, Congress and the, the, the president and same thing with the president and SCOTUS and same thing with SCOTUS and Congress. There should always be this tension and, um, I don't, I don't want them to get stuff done because that's telling me the constitution isn't working, but right now you see the tension. 
Yeah. And there, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a couple things that we, that they were, I mean, you always see Republicans start to bring stuff up and then they kind of just go by the wayside. Like, I still think that we need to start pushing for a convention of states again mm-hmm. in order to get a balanced budget amendment, as well as a, an amendment that says that Congress can't, a one issue a one issue vote bill right so you yes. can't i think those are the two things no that we need to amend the comment amend the constitution mm-hmm. to get yeah every time there's an omnibus ran paul take a picture of it and say yep we got this last night we have until tomorrow to read it and it's you yeah. know like a stack of papers like this and he's like yeah. no one's gonna well look at that. the look at the infrastructure bill uh-huh. that's out there right now only like 25 percent of it is actually for infrastructure yeah Dude, everything that's else why is the whole thing about child care's infrastructure it's and the reason yeah. they found i'm i don't want to misquote this but they, they were able to find a loophole for if it's for infrastructure they they um they only need um 51 votes you know in the senate like and they they're yeah. able to find this this loophole if it's if it's funding if it's money so that's why they were trying to loop oh racism is infrastructure you know, that way they yeah. could call it that and they wouldn't have to have a vote for it. That was, that yeah. was the trick. The, that's why everything was infrastructure. And it was, you know, a joke. It became a meme. This is infrastructure. You know, everything is infrastructure. But it was because Congress found a loophole where if they called it infrastructure, they weren't going to have to pay for it. They, they weren't going to, they could put it into a spending bill and they weren't going to have to vote on it a certain way. They weren't, they could avoid yeah. a filibuster. Well, it was the same as, um, causing um with the tax taxes adding taxes and stuff like that into obamacare mm-hmm. it became yep. a spending bill instead of a health care bill yep exactly so. yeah and they were able to pass more because of it it was uh, written differently the rules were written differently yeah it, mm-hmm. so i think i think yeah those are absolutely things that, that need to happen but again there's not any states nobody's really pushing for a convention of states anymore and i think people forget that that that's even a viable option that's written into the constitution people don't understand that the states can actually change things as well it's there's two different ways to make laws yeah yeah i think that there's 17 states on board with that right now the convention of states that i was reading about and mostly the southern states yeah that Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah for now (laughs) yeah all right. Well, I think we're getting close to the hour. Um, that went by quick. So I did have to ask you as well, though. Where's my pie? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I owe pies to so many people. I got to tell you, um, there's a few people who have gotten pies. Tim's gotten a pie, Tim Cass. Um, You know, there's been a few people who have gotten pies from me. So it, it, it's hard because it's like, in order to ship them, you have to overnight them. And it yeah. should be, you know, it can't be custard based, you know, it's, it's there's, there's, <laughs> you know, you got to be careful with how you ship them because you don't want to make anybody sick. And so it's like, all right, well, I could overnight it and I could have it professionally packed and all of that. And I could do it for like 70 bucks. <laughs> you know, it's like, who yeah. wants to pay that? Like my pies are pretty damn good, but who wants to pay that for, that's like $100 yeah. pie at that point, you know? <laughs> I mean, they are, the, the pies you, you posted yesterday were absolutely gorgeous. And I just Thank wanted you. to eat them all <laughs> or not eat them all because they were too pretty to eat. <laughs> It's one of my, yeah, I'm, I'm an artist. So it's one of my mediums is pie. <laughs> yeah. I do flicks and I do pie, you know, and, and that's like where it stops. Like I can't knit, you know, I can't do anything else like that. But no. when it comes to art, yeah. Wait, 
Well, you can do that. You can play ukulele too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny. It's, um, I was actually kind of reading up on this. Um, I'm ambidextrous, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm very logical. I'm a very logical person, but I'm a creative person. All right. And I'm ambidextrous. Mm-hmm. I use both hands. Um, and I was reading, it's like, you use both sides of your brain to, to do that. So it's like, oh, so, cause most people are like left brain to right brain. I'm both brained. <laughs> yeah which yeah. that's interesting too because I'm kind of I'm, very, I'm actually very similar as well because yeah. um I'm very logical that's the way I think about things and everything like that well during the pandemic I learned how to DJs and I picked it mm-hmm. up like it's the it's one of the very few things in my life yeah. that I've ever been naturally talented at uh-huh. and it's because when I the person was telling me was teaching me how to how to do it on the board and everything like that I was literally looking at it as like if then statements on the board, like, oh, if I do this, if, if I do this, and, and it just becomes a very logical way to create well, art. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And mine is like, I have a photographic like memory and stuff and a photographic like yeah. vision. So I, I can like look at, like take a picture of something and then I can recreate the picture into art. Um, you know, so, so that's got logic to it too, you know, cause you're yeah. seeing angles and things like that. Um, you know, but it's like, if somebody told me to like, like draw a white cat, I couldn't do it. I'd have to see it, you know, <laughs> like I, yeah. I couldn't just, I couldn't just like make it up in my head. Yeah. yeah. I'm like the worst artist in the world when it comes to stuff like that too. So I, I completely get it. And then my brother is like the best, is an amazing artist and can, I mean, he works on cars and can fabricate car oh, pieces wow. just from, from, he can, he actually conceptually designs his own like car parts and like build them <laughs> and I've heard about people who think like this too they can actually like if you close your eyes and like can picture something like they're like do you see black do you see like a faded image of it or do you see it like clear as day now for me I see a faded image of it if I picture yeah. something in my head like your brother probably sees it clear and that's the yeah. way like Michelangelo thought and stuff could well, just I'm it. a very visualized person myself. I mm-hmm. would consider myself to have a very photographic memory um, yeah. or of a videographic memory because when I actually think about like memories and stuff like that, stuff yeah. that I've been to, mm-hmm. I mean, people are amazed sometimes at how well the detail, the level of detail that I can get to because I'm literally visualizing it in my head as I'm telling the story. And so I can yeah. get into very specific details. Like mm-hmm. even from the time that I was four or five, six years old, my mom's like, how do you remember that? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I just do. <laughs> you just do when you're able, you have a good timeline in your head where you're able to yeah. kind of break it down. Yeah. That's really impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other question is, when is your uh, children's book coming out? Right. <laughs> I got it. I tell you, I got to write a children's book. I mean, well, and you, uh, it's got to be an audio book. Right? Yeah. Yes. Gotta because be when you, when you actually read audio books, uh, you mm-hmm. probably have the most soothing voice I've ever had, like yes. even more a meditation book. <laughs> and it was weird. It was like the first time I did a video, um, I did a live stream and I think it was Nico, uh, petite Nico. Um, mm-hmm. she says, she said so like and I hardly knew her at this time and I've gotten to know her really well since but it was probably yeah. just a couple months into TRHL and I did a video and she was like you have ASMR and I didn't even know what that was she's like in your voice she's like oh my god I just listened to you talk and then I yeah. started getting that a lot and and it's like okay so so when I when I do read off a paper like you know if I, if I want to read like what's in front of me what do I have in front of me right now uh okay <laughs> so so here you know if I want to read something in front of me right now here's the 23rd amendment so i'd start reading off a paper and i'd be like section one 
neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place to their jurisdiction. And that's my reading voice. <laughs> it completely changes them from my talking voice. I remember you posted an audio clip one time on Twitter, uh -huh. and that's the first time I had heard a mic. Wow. <laughs> it's just my it's voice. so soothing. Yeah. It's um, kind of like the same way as talking to somebody like Austin, who has an amazing radio voice. Yeah. Um, and then just talking to him normally is completely different. Like talking to him on the phone compared to talking to him on the radio is very different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, exactly like that. And, you know, it's like I use this as the voice I'll use when I had to get my kids to sleep when they weren't feeling good you know like I have friends that are going through a really difficult time right now and I've had to de-escalate one of them and I've had to use my voice you know and and it helps and it's 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 a power it's it's a superpower you know you it is it's a very much like, a superpower yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well again um thanks for coming on I love ending that on such a light note it's great oh, um so um want to just let everybody know where they can find you and everything like that oh yeah sure so i am on twitter at official trhl and you can find me on instagram if you just like cats and pies <laughs> you can find me on instagram at queen josie that's k-w-e-e-n-j-o-s-i-e -E -E. and those are those are really the two that i do i have a youtube that's trhl and i have you know um I have like a gab and I have uh, mines and I have a parlor. I just really don't use them, but they're there. They exist. Yeah. You can follow me there. I might pop on occasionally. Yeah. And I, I love you. Like I, I told you before, I love your Instagram because it's so wholesome and it's, yes. it has nothing to do with politics. And that's why I, I yeah. keep all my politics on Twitter. I don't put it on Facebook as like hardly at all. Um, yeah, and I, and I, I keep it all on Twitter. Yeah, it's a timeline cleanse, I call it. So yeah. if you like you need to just like escape, like you can just go to my Twitter page. It's it's you know, it's it's got lots of pictures of my cat, Figaro. Um yeah. It, yeah, it's got pies, it's got my cat, you know, it's got selfies, it's got ukulele, it's got all the all the stuff I do on my political Twitter page too, just without any of the politics. And a lot of times we just can't yeah. deal with the politics. So it's just a place to go to have wholesome Twitter with someone you know, yeah. and yeah, it's fun. I like to yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. And then make sure you guys again subscribe here. I'll put the links uh, to Josie's stuff in the in the description. And then um, we'll be back here with another amazing guest on Friday. So thanks for joining y'all.